Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The readings for this weekend speak to us about God's election. In the first reading, God's election of the Israelite nation to be his chosen and holy nation. And in the gospel, Jesus chooses or elects his 12 apostles. Now, the biblical God is an electing God, a God who chooses people to serve. I'll give you some examples. God chooses Abraham and created a great nation. He chooses Jacob and not Esau. He chooses Joseph and not his brothers. He chooses Moses to be the liberator of the Israelites in Egypt. He chooses Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah to be prophets. He chooses David and Solomon to be king. Generally speaking, God chooses the Israelites to be the nation of his own. Now, I think in our day and age, this is a foreign concept, even difficult for us to understand. Now, why is that? Because we think of God in terms of a distant figure, watching over us, but not involved in our daily lives. But that's not the biblical God. Our God, the God of the Bible, is a person of mind, will, and intention. And yes, he chooses people for his own purposes. Now, this idea runs counter to our culture. We stress what? Equal rights. You know, every person gets an equal chance. You know, we have a problem with people being signaled out or certain people being chosen and given certain duties. Now, mind you, we all have elections, especially when you see politics. Now, how does this happen? Well, the individual comes forth with their ideas and how to run the government. We assess them, and then we choose the one we like best. But this has little to do with election in a biblical sense. The first thing we have to understand, the biblical God doesn't choose people because they are endowed with gifts. He doesn't choose people because he wants to show favoritism to them. No, the people that God chooses, whether it's Moses, David, Solomon, Abraham, is it because they contain gifts and abilities that were far superior than their peers? Or if God says, you know, you deserve my election. Well, no, that's not the case at all. People like David, Moses, Solomon, Abraham, Jeremiah, you know, the people that God chooses what does the Bible always emphasize about these people? It's how weak they are. Think of Jeremiah. When he is called by God, he does nothing but make up excuses not to be a prophet. God elects him to be the prophet, and yet what does he say? Well, I'm too young. I'm just a kid. 
People won't listen to me. They won't take me serious. How about Moses? He pretty much does the same thing. He suffers from a speech impediment. He stammered. Plus, he also suffered from rash judgment. Remember, he kills an Egyptian official in a fit of rage. How about David? He commits adultery and then compounds his problem by committing murder. Look at Solomon. He himself fell into idolatry and worse yet, as king of Israel, led the entire country into idolatry by worshiping the pagan god Baal. Now, these aren't people that God chooses because they're great. No, not at all. The key to understand about this and to understand the Bible is that election is for service and never for glory. I'll say that again. In the Bible, God's election of people is always for service and never for glory. Now, in our culture, we glorify people who are chosen. We say, well, they're special, or we admire them. In fact, they should be awarded. But in the Bible, election by God always is for service, never for glory. Why was the Israelites chosen as God's holy nation? Not to be honored, but so that they could serve other nations to draw all those nations to God. See, the Israelites were not chosen to be honored by God or by the world. No way. But they were chosen to be the servants of God. Now, it's important for us to understand this. Mind you, you better be careful if you desire God to elect you. Now, in our culture, we elect people, sure, for public office, exactly. And when they get to public office, many times they're elevated to maybe prominent positions. But if God elects you, he has a mission for you. And chances are, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard, just like it was for the biblical figures. Now, turn to that first reading from the book of Exodus. It gives us, you know, an election and the presentation of that theme. After God has freed the Israelites from slavery in Egypt and now has given them the law, notice what Moses says to the Israelites. Then the Lord called Moses and said, Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob, Tell the Israelites, You have seen for yourselves how I have treated the Egyptians and how I bore you upon eagles' wings and brought you here to myself. Therefore, if you hearken to my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be a special possession. Deserve to me that all other people, though all the earth is mine, you shall be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And so we hear that the Israelites have been chosen as God's holy nation. Now, is it so that they can be glorified? No. They have been chosen because they have a mission to be a holy nation, to join God to all of humanity. God chooses the Israelites to be a mediator between God and all the world. Now, the world would look to the Israelites as a model of right relationship with God, in their love for God, as well as in their love of living out the law, the Torah. In doing so, the world would be moved to repent 
and offer right worship to God. Through the Israelites, you could say the rescue operation begins, in which God wanted to save the world from its own sin and self-destruction. God didn't elect the Israelites because it was a great nation. No, not at all. Instead, the Israelites became great because they served God. And I think that really is the heart of the lesson for this weekend. To grasp that is really to grasp God's relationship with all of us, with all of humanity. We shouldn't be surprised that this continues on in the life of Jesus Christ. In the Gospel, notice how it begins. At the sight of the crowds, Jesus' heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send laborers for his harvest. Then he summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits, and in doing so, to drive demons out and to cure every disease and every illness. And so Jesus looks or gazes onto the world. It's the gaze of God, the gaze of God upon the world since the very fall of grace. The world was lost because of sin. And so the heart of God always is moved by the suffering of its people. Now, what does God do? He forms the continuing Israelites, the chosen nation, as a witness to his presence in the world. By choosing the twelve apostles, Jesus creates a new Israel. He will elect new people so that the mission of the Israelites would be fulfilled. And he does so by essentially choosing the twelve apostles. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, called Peter, his brother Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon from Cana, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve after instructing them, Do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. Now what's interesting about the twelve chosen, they're not chosen by accident. They, first of all, represent the twelve tribes of Israel in accord with a traditional practice. Jesus, he doesn't choose the apostles because of their virtues. In fact, their vices are constantly emphasized throughout the Gospels. I'll give you some examples. Look at Simon Peter, who vacillated in his faith. Sometimes he was hot, sometimes he was cold. Ultimately, he denies Jesus, denies him at Jesus' greatest hour of need, denies of even three times. Look at James and John. They were both consumed with personal ambition. As Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem, they impose the question whether they can sit one on his right and one on his left. Look at Philip, 
who at the time of the Last Supper proved he had no idea who Jesus was. Thomas, who doubted the resurrection, in fact, had to put his hands and his fingers into Jesus' wounds in order to believe. Matthew, the tax collector, morally bankrupt. Simon, the Canaan, he was a violent revolutionary. And finally, Judas, who ultimately betrayed Jesus. Now, they are all a bit like David, Solomon, and Moses, chosen not because they were great, but they became great because they served God. Now, having formed by Jesus Christ, he gives them their mission. And so this is the new mission that Jesus gives the apostles and our church. In many ways, it's the same mission, given to make present God to the world and bringing the world to God. Now, all of us, through baptism, have been elected and chosen by God, not because of our virtues, but because of God's grace. Now, you, just like the apostles, have been given a mission to find your own holiness by bringing others to holiness, to find your friendship with God by bringing others into friendship with God. Your purpose is not to save your own soul, but to be a conduit of God's grace to others in this world. Our God is an electing God who has chosen you now to go about and serve him. And in doing so, just like David, Solomon, Moses, and the apostles, you will be great because you have served God. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.